everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. We've got a lot of results to go over. I don't know if we'll reach them all. But in the meantime, Gab, what are you drinking? Water. <laughs> I overdid it last night. I've had water and a smoothie today, trying to feel better. Because now, apparently, I can get hungover off of two ciders and a Jack and Coke. Which you drink in how long a time period? Well, the match start. No, it was like... I started drinking at 5, and I stopped drinking at 11, so 6 hours. One drink every two hours, and you're still... I'm I'm on death's door today. <laughs> it's it's bad. Well, you know, shouldn't go so hard. You were born in 1943, so... Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. You're not the only one who's calling me an old lady today. My girlfriend is having a riot about it. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's just harder. It's It's harder on the body as we get older. Like, stop it. Well, I'm also you, drinking water. You are also drinking water? Yes. Oh, well, what's your excuse? I gotta get on a plane in the morning. Oh, where are you going? What you doing? I'm gonna go visit a friend. It's gonna where? be a long flight, though. Ugh, cross country. Cross country? Yeah. Are you coming to Portland? No, I'm returning to Vancouver about a year after I left it for the World Cup, so. See if, see if you can get Kelsey's pot back from the, uh... <laughs> I mean, I remember the, where the, the house is, so I'll just go the stop. The Airbnb host. Yeah, I'll go stop by the house, I'll knock on the door and see, hey, I'll show him a picture of the pot. We left this here <laughs> one year ago, is it still here? I guarantee you it's ours. <laughs> because, because you know, the owner probably isn't going through there routinely. I mean, it's a nice pot, maybe they wanted to keep it there for future, it's a big Airbnb too, like. It is a huge Airbnb. So a lot of and people. I really hope that they fix the ant issues. Yeah. I'll I'll go check in, sure. When I yeah. when I hit Vancouver. Yeah, Kelsey would probably really appreciate it. And then I'll I'll put it in the mail for her cuz I'm not stopping in Portland on the way back. Well, yeah, but you got to take it back to Boston because I think that's part of the issue is it's really expensive to ship things from Canada to the US. Well, I don't have room in my carry-on luggage for a pot that was big enough to feed 10 people, so I'm just going to have to try and claim it's a child, I guess, and bring it on and sit it on my lap. Where <laughs> wear it on your head. I'm a pastafarian for my religion. There you go. There you go. Going to soccer at last. We were talking about Vancouver. Yes. It's almost the one year anniversary of Carly Lloyd doing that thing that she did. That thing, that thing, that thing. And she's making a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. She's been here for years. She has. She's <laughs> she's recovering. She's better. She's recovering just in time for camp to start, but not in time to play with the dash. That's... It's inter it's interesting how for the past couple of NWSL seasons there have been some pretty major like women's national team injuries, which they then rehab and recover right in time to make those major tournament rosters. Yeah. I mean she's listed as out, like straight up out for Houston this week, but Come beginning of July, she'll be, might, she might be July 9th. You know what? That's still like two weeks away, though. So, oh, I know, but... So maybe I mean, she is Houston's, still out. Houston's playing this weekend. And then... You're telling me that she can go from being out to match fit in two weeks? Maybe not match fit, but ready for training camp. Well, yeah, I mean... Maybe I'm going easy on her because I know she's mad at me. <laughs> She's going to block us all at some point. I mean, yeah. So the the deal is Carly Lloyd blocked me on Twitter. 
and I don't know why. <laughs> I, I think you're guilty by association on that I one. I don't know. I mean, I've I've had some banter about Carly in the past, but like nothing recently. <laughs> Carlos. Anyway. Carlos went on a blocking spree. She's entitled to block whoever she wants to block. Like, Twitter should be a good experience for everybody who uses it. I just want to know which one, which Twitter was. I'm sorry. She, what's <laughs> funny is she probably, like, has had you on the list for a while. I know. She just finally now got around to blocking this nobody who likes to clamor about women's soccer from time to time. Like, Right. She probably didn't I even do Car- it. I saw Carly Lloyd this week. She she probably gave the list to, like, her agent or her assistant or whoever and was like, just take take care of these and they and she just got to the t's she just now got to the t's carly that would actually make a lot of sense it would i saw carly lloyd this week in person Uh uh-huh what was she doing i i was in person (laughs) what she's uh, she's all over the fucking airport in houston oh well you know what she's big you know she, she does is billboards big, and in Houston. Just don't expect to see her face on billboards all over the place, staring at you out of the poster with those intense, focused eyes. Right. So, so she's like, uh, United Airlines like is sponsoring the U.S. team for the Olympics. Um, like Team USA, not like the women's national team. Uh-huh. And uh, so Carly is on like all of their marketing and the whole time i'm just like i just want to see anything in here about the houston dash like show me anything in the airport that has houston dash on it that would be nice i, I couldn't find a thing oh well while we're talking about carly and going into camp there were 23 other players that also got called into that camp they're expected to go in July 1st. I don't think U.S. Soccer has officially said that, but most sources, including Equalizer Soccer, have. And if you can't trust Equalizer, then who can you trust? But back to the the national team roster. So, Gerald Ellis announces 24 players for training camp. And you can fairly well surmise out of this 24, her final 18 are in there. So that means 18 go, 4 alternates, 2 are going to get cut. She's named three goalkeepers, nine defenders, eight mids, four forwards. I can't believe only four forwards. We have a lot of utility mids, I get it, but it just, it seems so blah. Let's look at the roster. Goalkeepers, Ashlyn, Harris, Alyssa Nair, Hope Solo. I think a lot of people, including me, have said the two are going to be Hope Solo and Alyssa Nair, and Ashlyn Harris is going to be the alternate, but who knows. It's not like we've gotten a chance to see Nair or Harris play in a national team context, so... We just have their NWSL performance and some long-ago caps to deal with. And Hope Solo's on 99 shutouts, as U.S. media won't shut up about. Um, U.S. Soccer just, they included that in their little press release about the roster. It's like, oh, okay, so she's going to start this next game. Oh, she's going to start until she gets that 100. And then by that time, it's going to be too late to take any performances into account in, in actual game situations for, for roster stuff, because the game's July 9th, and Olympic rosters are actually due, I think, before that, but U.S. Soccer's going to hold on to that info for a little while. You think so? Yeah. I think there's, like, rosters are due very early July, and then you have, like, a couple days to take care of, some, like, if you need to appeal stuff or whatever, I think, or, like, a little grace period, and then... You know, and then you're locked in, basically within the first week of July. Well then. Well then. 
So by the time they play July 9th, I think they're going to already know the 18. Oh, totally. And then Defenders, Whitney Engen, Jaylene Hinkle, Julie Johnston, Kling, Allie Krieger, Gina Lewandowski, Lewandowski, Kelly O'Hara, Becky Sauerbrunn, and Emily Sonnet. I think Gina's a hard sell at this point. Yeah. She hasn't seen any time. They keep calling her in, like dragging her over here, and she doesn't play. Right. I mean, so it's 18 players. You're going to take, you have to take two goalkeepers, so at least 16 field positions. You're going to have a starting 11, obviously, and that's going to include four defenders, and you're going to need at least two other defenders, a backup center defender and a backup fullback for the Mm -hmm. wings. So at least minimum six defenders. Right. Right. So that's eight positions gone. And then that leaves 10 between midfielders and forwards, which I think based on how many she's calling in, she's going to divide that um, in like a 6-4 ratio. Totally. I mean, all four forwards are going to go. And that's Dunn, Alex Morgan, Press, and probably Pew. Yeah, there's there's not a single person on that roster for forwards that is a bubble player. And defenders, the locks are Brune and JJ. Although JJ's had some fuck-ups recently playing for Chicago. Yeah. All right, we'll get to that and just hold your horses there. All right, I'm as excited I, as you are. I but... was doing I was doing my best not to say anything when you were talking about Nair. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, we'll get to that. <clears throat> and then Kling and Kelly O'Hara are both locks. You don't think Krieger's lock, huh? I think Krieger's a lock. The way she keeps bringing in Jaylene Hinkle makes me wonder if she's going to take her two. She's going to make it seven instead of six defenders. God, that would just be... Okay. Okay. And then, so, your last question then is, Whitney Engen or Emily Sonnet? Why why take four center backs? That seems like overkill. Especially when you can't really push any of them out wide. No, but you can move them up. But you, Yeah, and JJ has some utility there. Of Emily Sonnet and Whitney Engen. Sonnet, can she be pushed up into DM in a pinch? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think Whitney Engen can. No. So if you're talking about versatility and recent performance, I would have said Engen uh, a couple weeks ago. I think I might still say that now, but I think it's really, really close between her and Sonnet. Yeah, I think Sonnet's uh, playing really well. Well, performance in, you know, such tight roster, you want people who have a lot of utility in case you need to make some emergency moves. Yeah, you you need the players that can step in and play outside of their comfort zones, right? And so I think that part of the issue we've always had on the defensive side is up until this past year, we've never really I don't know, I guess I guess the point I was trying to make isn't really a point because we have always had like a questionable back line. I feel like we've always had like solid anchors though, and we still do. Like you wouldn't take Brune and JJ out of the mix at this point, unless one of them gets injured, heaven forbid. Yeah, knock on wood. Oh, I did. I did um, too. like really on the on the sides, we're covered. So do we really need to take seven? defenders no i don't think so i think that just cuts into your mids yeah i think we just we stick with six defenders and call it good all right so two goalkeepers six defenders four forwards that's 12 so let's talk about the six mids out of the eight that she called in that's morgan bryan tobin heath lindsey haran carly lloyd ali long 
Pino, Samantha Mewis, and Heather O'Reilly. And I think out of those, Jill Ellis seems hell-bent on dragging Pino along unless she's really obviously not fit with her ACL. I think Heyo's out. Heyo's out, and I think Mewis is out. Yep. I think between Haran, Brian, and Allie Long, she sees Mewis as pretty redundant in that system. Yeah, she's just not as fast. Well, there you have it. That There's your Olympic 18. We just saw it. Boom, we did it, Jill Ellis. You're welcome, Jill. You can you can send the check to I'll I was make, about to say my address. Yeah, we'll we'll make a PO box specifically for payments from US soccer. I'm sure that'll yeah. be in the mail. I also take PayPal. Oh, yeah. PayPal. We're not doing um Square yet, so we can't you can't use a card, but PayPal. PayPal. Alternately, you could just buy like 100 too drunk fan scarves from us. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, did you know that we have scarves and t-shirts? We do have scarves and t-shirts still. T-shirts, not as many in stock. True. True. But, you know, we still have stuff. Oh, yeah. We got stuff. Oh, yeah. We got lots of stuff. So, I am... Why are we playing South Africa? Because we've never played them before, and they'll be a fun opponent for us to play before the Olympics, and, you know, it'll attract a crowd because it's the first of two Olympic send-off games, but, you know, they won't pose an actual threat of us losing. I I wish we played Canada. That would be cool. Like, it would be like the last time. I would worry a little bit about injury, but that's... Well, we always do. Yeah, but that's going to happen no matter who you play. Maybe a little more so if you're facing Canada. Well, well yeah. Do you do you finally want to talk about Portland? You've waited a, a while now. Like, yes, you waited. I like, want to talk about the amazingness that was last night. You waited like a whole fifteen minutes. I don't know how you've controlled yourself this long. I have been trying my best. All right, I think I did a pretty good job. So, oh my god, how beautiful was the game last night? It was quite good. They played with some next level shit. It was awesome. The thing I hate about the NWSL in years of major international tournaments is I can be really happy and excited in one moment, and then in the next moment, remember that I'm not going to see that team on the field again until August, and then get sad. No, until September, and then get sad. Who all are you losing? You're losing Christine Sinclair, Tobin Heath, Lindsay Horan, Allie Long, Megan Klingenberg, possibly Sonnet. Oh, Isn't Henri? Henri, Amundine Henri. Any other internationals you got in there? Haley Razzo, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. I think that's it. I think you just gutted my team. <laughs> I didn't gut your team. I mean, you guys did this to yourselves. Oh, God. I know. I know. But... They make such beautiful soccer. You would rather have beauty however fleeting instead of just plodding along dully? I would rather to have loved something. How's the how's the saying go? I'd loved rather and lost loved rather than, than never to... have loved at all? Yes. That's how I feel about this season. Mm. Okay, well speaking of losing, Boston lost 3-0 to Chicago. Let's move on. That was last weekend. Yeah. I'm talking about last night. Last night? Last night's not what? the only result that we have to go over. I know, I know, but I'm I'm still glowing. I think it was a great debut for Henri. It, it was, was. It was a great look. They brought in, you know, a high-profile player, and she seemed to click with the Thorns pretty well right away. There were some 
there are some missteps here and there that just come with, you know, you're brand new, you've never played in a match with these people before, but considering that, she looked pretty in tune. She did. You know who else looked really in tune? Go ahead and say it. Christine Sinclair. She scored three goals in the last three games. Oh my god. Oh my god. I will say two of them have been on Alyssa Nair. And both of them against Chicago were was her forcing some shocking errors. Just shocking. Right? I wasn't expecting JJ to, like, they Tobin and Sink, like, teamed up on JJ. Mm-hmm. It was and, nice. And then JJ's, like, turning towards the goal, dribbling on that. It's like, what are you... What are you doing? I don't. I think she lost track of Sink in the box. She didn't expect oh, someone absolutely. coming up on her on she, the right side. She had no idea she was being flanked. Yeah. And then, you know, Canadian out of nowhere, her peripheral vision just slams it into... Uh, the Thorns have pictures of that moment on Facebook where you can see the opposite angle of Christine Sinclair's face and you can see Alyssa Nair just staring at it like, no, you know? Yep, absolutely. I feel bad. It's not her fault. Of course, she's going to get slammed at point blank range. If she had managed to save that ball, she would have been, you know, just beyond mortal. I was going to say, she would have been, like, cheating. That would have been some kind of god-level effort from her. I would have called bullshit right away. (laughs) She put in some cheat codes before the game. Yeah. I thought it was good. Uh, I, my last little tidbit about the match, thoroughly enjoyed the last few minutes where Tobin and Haran just were having fun. They were just fucking around in the corner. Like, it was amazing. I loved it. They were burning time like a couple of assholes. Oh, I loved it. Oh, it was so. Oh, it was so nice. All right, all right. And then, all right, I've had my five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then tonight, another exciting game, Orlando Pride-Houston Dash. Pride winning, I think, in stoppage against Houston with a blast that people still aren't in consensus over whether it was on or off. I posted a, a picture on Twitter, like a little line drawn, um, to see if the player was off. And people were like, oh, it's definitely on. Oh, it's definitely off. And it's like, what is the truth? What is the truth? Anyway, Houston Dash just could not... They could have gone out there and given the ref a million dollars cash, and it would not have been enough to get them a goal. Really? Yeah, it was... There was this particular sequence, I think, in the second half, where they had, like, a half dozen chances just around the... and And it looked like just something was keeping the ball out, or they were all like, whoops, Butterfink. They could not figure out a way to put the ball in the back of the net. It was awful to watch. That sounds awesome. I wasn't even rooting particularly for Houston. And in, in between Orlando and Houston, I was fairly neutral. And I was like, that like hurts me on the inside to see that happen and not result right? in a goal. Just as a soccer watching person, I don't I don't enjoy that. It was hilarious for a little bit, but it, it also hurt. Well, it's it's just one of those things. It's like, it's not supposed to be this hard, guys. And this is just... The most recent in a string of narrow 1-0 losses for Houston. And it's like, come on, guys. The last one, they lost against FC Casey 1-0. And then before that, they lost 1-0 to Seattle Rain. It's just, it's not great, Bob. I feel like teams are, are digging themselves into a little bit of a points hole. Um, I know how that feels because Portland did it last year. But I feel like we have enough matches uh before the Olympics, that things might even out a little bit more. 
Yeah, it's still really tight. If you look at the top five, Portland's number one. They've got 20 points, and Orlando's got 15, and they're number five. So there's five points differentiating number one from number five. That's that's two games. You know, anything can happen in two games, especially with national team players gone. I know there's a big break for the Olympics, but, you know, they're going to be in and out, especially if there's a victory tour, if they win gold. Um, God, God, U.S. soccer, just... Fucking commit to the league. No, no. Commit to the league and throw some resources behind it and just see what happens. Just no. see. Just just do the experiment. Like, put on your lab coat, put on your safety goggles, and participate in the fucking experiment. Maybe they will next year with no big tournament. I know there were no big tournaments when they started the league, but that's when the league was a startup. And then next year, in year five, see what happens if you really commit. You know? Oh, it's just so fucking frustrating. Today I had to put more change in my I was mean to US soccer jar uh, because I hadn't put anything in there in a while and I knew I was overdue. So I just indiscriminately stuffed money into it until I felt like I'd equaled all the mean things I'd said about them this week. I was going to say, what was your mean thing today? Today? I don't think I actually had a mean thought about US soccer today. Until this podcast. Until this podcast. And you're going to go put money in your soccer <laughs> swear jar. Yeah. Right? I stuffed at least 4 or $5 in there. So. Name of your sex tape. Sure. I mean, I am very lonely. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> wah, wah. Anyway. And then last weekend... We talked about Houston narrowly losing Sky Blue FC and Seattle Rain tying 0-0. Seattle's another one of those teams that's digging themselves a little points hole, like you said. Just a little one. Just Seattle a- also fucking re-signed Naho. Yeah, and they've got another Japanese player coming, Rumi Utsugi. So they're looking to... Lord. They're going to have Naho for when other national teams are gone. Sorry, Japan, but... So... I know. It's like Laura Harvey's cashing in. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, wait... Wait, I, I got this figured out, guys. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy watching Naho, except when she plays against Boston, but... And Portland. Sure. And against Portland. Yes. I'm enjoying this season. I'm also enjoying it, because even though Boston's once again at the bottom of the table, if I actually had to take into account my breaker's feelings along with my other regular feelings, I would never feel joy again. So I just kind of, like... <laughs> partition them off in this little wall and I and I put a I put them in a lockbox and I put away the lockbox. <laughs> and the lockbox only comes out during breakers games. Yeah. Some of our audience, hopefully not any of them, but some of them may be too young for that lockbox reference, but anyway, I was going to say are you explaining the lockbox? No, I don't want to explain the lockbox. Let's just leave oh. the lockbox alone. Just don't what goes in the lockbox stays in the lockbox like fucking pandora's box i just need leave it alone all all the the lies and shame and secrets and hurt are in there and and there's a little tiny little thing of hope but not hope solo but not hope solo and then last weekend portland also beat the flash to nothing do you have feelings about that i thought it was enjoyable um i thoroughly enjoyed beating paul riley congratulations Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I actually do take credit for um, the second goal the Thorns scored last night. 
it was my hopes and dreams that made that happen on that corner kick. I called it. I called it, which means it's mine. And then the other result from that weekend, uh, Washington Spirit Orlando Pride, where they the Spirit beat Orlando 2 nothing. The first goal, Benini, she's wide open in the box. She's just, there's tons of space all around her. And true, there's two defenders closing down on her, but she doesn't really care. She just juked one. She and wants then, her goal, man. Yeah, and then and then scored on Ashlyn Harris. It was um, if I were Ashlyn Harris, I I wouldn't be disappointed in myself for not saving that one because uh, she was caught out a little bit. Yeah, but I, I don't know if she was really expecting that with you know in a one v two situation. And then the second goal, Francisca Ordega just did whatever she wanted. Ordega took that ball ran it in and scored like she just was like it's cute that you guys think that you're going to try and move the ball out of your defensive third but i francisco ordega have decided that's not what's going to happen i was thinking it would be a little bit more what's ordega is ordega international yeah she's nigerian i believe okay i was anticipating it would be a little bit more like like conquery <laughs> i francisco ordega now declare this goal territory of nigeria Yes. Just about. I mean, she did a lot of hard work in getting that goal, so. It was it was a good goal. I, I enjoyed the Spirit uh, Pride match. Um, I also enjoy, well, not enjoy, but I, I am, anytime in the last week I've needed to have, like, an emotional moment, it always comes, like, right around the time that I'm watching stuff about people honoring or respecting the Orlando tragedy. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the Spirit and Orlando match did a really good job of that. Yeah, in the 49th minute where they gave the ball to Ashlyn Harris. Yeah. Yep. That was, yep. That was good, and I was glad all the teams had a moment of silence that weekend. And uh, in the game tonight between Orlando and Houston, they all had uh, the rainbow heart icon that they're using to raise money, I think, for the, the Victims Fund. They mm-hmm. had it on their uh, armband. And they all walked out in the Orlando shirts with the same rainbow logo on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was nice to see everybody pull together and be like, yeah, we're all yeah, on this. Yeah, we're, we're on this team. It's an easy team to claim. We're on it. For some people, it's not easy. but Well, true. But, I mean, to be... But those people are going to yes. get theirs. So the, the standings now. Portland yes. Thorns in first place. Yes. They jumped over Chicago leapfrogged them spirit are pretty close behind and they also have a game in hand because i I was gonna say we the thorns i believe are the only team at 10 games uh pride is at 10 games too oh okay yeah so spirit and dash both have a, a game in hand although dash are number nine in the league again i think once carly lloyd gets back for them if she does get back for them they'll see a, a little bump in their points it's it's not like their their offense was incapable of scoring tonight, although kind of they were. It's it's not like Boston. Like when Boston gets the ball, they just look lost. They look like, well, now what are we supposed to do? There's no one in the box. There's no one making a run. There's just one person up here who has a ball, and I guess we'll turn it over, or you know, take a shot that goes three feet wide. Or it's frustrating when teams just can't pull the trigger correctly. Yeah, they can't pull it together. So let's look at that bottom half of the table. That's Seattle, Sky Blue, FC Casey, Houston, and right? Boston. 
between Seattle and Houston right now, it's like there's 12 to 7 points. And once again, just a 5-point difference. So there's room for a lot of movement within the top of the table and like mid-table and, and some of these lower teams. It's, it's not inconceivable. You could see them move up into a playoff position if they go on a streak. And then there's Boston with 4 points. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Out of a possible 27 so far. Sorry, dude. I know. I know. They're trying. At least they're trying this season. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. You sound resigned. I am resigned. I've been resigned for like the past year and a half. Why can't the new coach do anything? This is interesting, actually, because I think I mentioned it before, but he said in interviews his first job is making the team believe they can win again. Not make them able to win, believe they can even win. And... Uh, you know, he he doesn't necessarily have the deepest roster either. When he came along for the draft, he was brand new. I think he came in just after New Year's, and then the draft is a couple weeks later. He has no familiarity with the NCAA system. So it's not like he had a lot of input into who they were taking, necessarily. So he's working with what he's got. They've made, you know, more moves roster-wise than they did last year, which at least tells me they're they're trying on that end. And then he's waging, I don't know, a deep psychological battle to get them back on their feet again after two years of being demoralized by Tom Durkin. Oh, man. Do you think he really knew what he was signing up for? No. Maybe, but no. Yeah. It just, it seems like such a task, you know? Mm-hmm. I would have said after the first losing season with Durkin... It would have been much more fixable then. But because they kept him on for a second year, things got entrenched. Like, things festered. They well, they weren't allowed to break and heal properly. So now, yeah. you're having to, instead of just taking care of something when it crops up, he's having to go in and dig deep and get to the root of the problem. And it's buried already under two years of festering failure. Oh, God. Are you having feelings? I'm always having feelings, but once again, the feelings go in the lockbox. <laughs> right, right, the lockbox. Okay, so to close out tonight's episode, let's hit some of the questions we got on Twitter a couple days ago. Hit me. All right. At Ted Sarvada asks, any ideas how to convey bite me U.S. soccer to U.S. soccer about them trashing NWSL? The Stop NWSL buying season. U.S. soccer stuff. Stop buying U.S. soccer stuff, yeah. I don't know how much attention they pay to their Twitter. Maybe you could write them a sternly worded email. Yeah, or, you know, you can make a two-stick. Make a two-stick at a game. That's true. Although that implies that you've bought tickets and have gone to the game with someone else who has also bought a ticket. Well, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's that... just the price of supporting the team versus supporting the Federation. True. True. I don't know, man. Like, at some point, you just need to realize or the realization will hit you that the women's national team and u.s soccer that's like a toxic relationship i feel like they were kind of starting to take steps to fix it in recent years but it was a case where the damage was a lot deeper than one party was aware of they were like oh i'm i'm doing better i'm starting to pick up and maybe wash some dishes here and there and then the other party's like no you don't understand we were on the verge of divorce just doing yeah. dishes and helping out around the house is not... We need counseling. We need a, a much bigger intervention here. Exactly. It was like, no, we're beyond the bare minimum. Like, we're beyond 
you just putting in effort. Yeah. Like, the shit needs to get fixed. For too many, like, for way too many years, you just didn't even listen to me or take my needs and feelings into consideration. Just because you're now going, well, look, I'm I'm helping out. It, it doesn't erase the fact that, you know, they had a deeply dysfunctional relationship for a long time. Sucks. Yeah. Alright, next question. From Michelle Fowler. Do you think some of the national teamers will forego NWSL next year to play overseas? Or at least during off years before the 2019 World Cup? No. Yes. Why do you huh. think no? I think no, because I think uh, players enjoy being close to home. And I think that the NWSL is on the rise in terms of quality of play. And conditions? And conditions and and all that stuff. Like, I think once you play NWSL, the the attraction of going overseas is, you know, the ability to get away, the ability to live and breathe footy. You're seeing bigger paychecks, all that different stuff. But I don't see I don't see national teamers necessarily doing that because a lot of them have family here. You know. Uh huh. I say yes. Because I think maybe a player like Kristen Press would want to return to Europe after essentially doing her time in the league. If the next CBA is the same as the current one, where it's like, if you want to play overseas, you also have to do two years in NWSL. I think Kristen's like, okay, I put in two years. I want to go back to Sweden or I want to play in France. So I can see one or two couple of national teamers maybe going like, okay, I want to make a big paycheck now with Lyon or PSG. I did my time. Now I'm going to go get paid. I could see that, I guess. Yeah. I don't think a lot of them. Maybe not enough for people to be like, oh, there's a, you know, national teamers are fleeing the league. Yeah, I still I still think that NWSL is on the rise quality-wise. Huh, on the rise quality-wise. I, I could see a couple of them doing it. Mm -hmm. All right, last question from our friend Jacob Cristobal. You are tasked with organizing a women's club World Cup. How does it go? Where will it be held? When? How many teams? Let's just do the basics. Like, when? How many teams? Springy. Did you just say spring? Yeah. That's when I would do it. So spring, maybe the year after the Olympics? Yeah. Well, maybe, but then it would have to be the team that won. I say spring the year before the World Cup. Oh. Okay. Cuz then cuz then you have a full year with no interruptions for okay. teams to qualify. Okay, sure. That sounds nice. Yeah. And then I would want to start it off. I don't know if you could start it off with more than 8 teams unless you're going to willing to see some blowouts. But I was I was gonna say eight. Yeah, but that also brings us back to the question, you know, if you don't invite smaller teams or developing teams, how are they ever gonna grow? But for the very first year, also taking into consideration things like logistics and costs, yeah, eight teams. I think eight teams is is a quality number, and you would have to have plans. And I would say I would organize it for twenty eighteen. Eight teams, summer or springtime. Who would be the uh, No. Yeah, eight teams, springtime in Australia. Australia? Yeah. Their spring or our spring? Because you our know the seasons spring, are different. So they're like fall. Yeah. 
Hmm. You want Australia to be the first host nation of the Women's Club World Cup. Why not? I mean, I think they're 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 beyond up and coming nation. Like they're coming. They're they're just about exactly. here. Exactly. I think I think it's a good choice. I think it's a good decision. I'm standing by it. Uh, I would say Japan as the first host for the Women's Club World Cup. Smaller nation, not as much travel. Um, very women's soccer hungry population. Yeah, I think it would be a big event in Japan. It would go off pretty well. I think it would be a big event in Australia. God, but the travel. Ugh. Fight me, bro. I will. I know you will. <laughs> and then I'd have to beat you up and I'd feel bad about it. Oh, please. You might be stronger than me, but I've got reach on you. What? Yeah, I have reach if you want to compare arm lengths the next time we're around. Okay, let, absolutely. Let's yeah. compare arm lengths and then let's compare arm... We'll, we'll compare wingspan <laughs> and then, you know, and then we'll see. Okay. All I got to do is prevent you from taking me to the ground. <laughs> I can't. I can't let you close in. We got to make this a striking game. Oh, I love that you already have your tactics in order. I always figure out how I'm going to fight people when I meet them. That's just common sense. I know you do. I know that's what you're calculating every time you meet somebody new. <laughs> just if it came down to it, could I take this person <laughs> in a fight or would I have to if, run? If it came down to it, what is their weakness and how could I exploit yeah. it? Not even a fight, just like how do I take them out? Like, it, What's the most likely way that I could get rid of this person if I had to? If if it were a zombie apocalypse and it was when there was only only one of us could survive, how am I that person? Well, this has been an interesting episode of Two Drunk Fans. Thanks for sending in your questions. I'm it's it's fun how quickly it devolved into murder. Uh, um, ha- are we gonna do score predictions anymore? I mean, what's the point? <laughs> Uh, I feel like we're batting a thousand. We're so wrong. We well wrong. Okay, fine. So uh, we've had some midweek games already. So we're just looking at this weekend's games. That's New York Flash versus Boston Breakers. Oh, I'm going to go four to nothing New York. <sighs> Three nothing New York. That'll be the that'll be the Breakers learning from last time. Instead of losing by four, <laughs> they'll lose by three. <laughs> okay. And then Spirit versus Sky Blue. Three one to the spirit. I'm gonna say one nothing to the spirit. Okay, maybe yeah. FCKC Seattle Rain. Oh boy. <laughs> Where are they playing? At Swope, so it's it's home for FCKC. Okay. Oh god. And they won't have Hope Solo. No, they will. They will. It's the last one before Hope camp. Solo. Mm-hmm. Um shit. I'm going to say that one's 0-0. Zero, zero. I'm going to say that one's 1-1. One, one. Oh. oh. Okay. And then uh, Orlando Pride versus Portland Thorns. 2-1. 4. Portland. Okay. Portland. I'm going to call that 2 nothing for Portland because, oh. you know, I didn't really see Orlando. They did look good here and there, and actually I really liked some of the sequences they put together in the attack through, like, Maddie Evans and Jamia Fields. But if Portland can pull together defensively, like they did, um, you know, against Chicago, and they isolate Alex Morgan pretty well, I can see that. I can see them holding Orlando to a shutout. I, I can see that as well. So now I feel bad that I said Orlando will score one. <laughs> oh. But I'm sticking to it. I'm okay. sticking with my gut. All right. So 
we have made score predictions and we're absolutely not going to check back in to see if we got any of them right because we probably nope. won't. <laughs> nope. Can't candle in the wind right now. I'm going to let that wind snuff me out. I just don't want to think about Boston playing tomorrow. <laughs> oh, is it a home game? No, we're away for the next three or four games. You're not you're not road tripping into Rochester, are you? No. Oh. Oh yeah, you're flying. Yeah. To um, visit a friend. Yeah. This might be the first Boston game I haven't watched live in like a year. All right, dude. Let's see. Let's see if you could break the curse. Maybe it's me. Oh God, what if it's me? <laughs> oh no. I mean, Boston's won when I've watched before. Oh God. <laughs> Well, we're, we're just going to have to test it out. Okay. On that note, <laughs> goodbye, everybody.